0: This is True Parenting Audio, episode 42. Hey, everybody, I'm Andy Smithson, and this is True Parenting Audio, the podcast where parents will find inspiration Today we're going to be talking about not just compliance, but independence. The article that I wrote along with this podcast is entitled The Secret to Getting Kids to Fly Solo. Give them wings and flight lessons. So we'll be talking about how sometimes our attempts to motivate our kids can be one of the biggest obstacles to motivating our kids. Sometimes the road to our kids' independence and motivation isn't a matter of motivation at all. The secret is rather a matter of skills. I want to start off with a quote from Ron McMillan. He says, When you try to motivate people that lack skills, you don't create change, you create depression. I would add to that that sometimes it's not necessarily depression, but rather anxiety or fear. So with that, I want to start off today with a little story regarding my youngest son, Berkeley. Berkeley is about four years old and just recently we had an experience where we were leaving the house and I had just simply asked him to get his socks and shoes and I thought to myself, how simple is that? I wasn't asking him to go out and mow the lawn or do anything like that. It was just a simple task of getting his socks and his shoes and putting those on. And it seemed very simple to me but I had to stop and realize that my four-year-old's ability was not at the same level as my eight-year-old. I saw as he started to try to put his socks on that his frustration level was rising and it was getting higher and higher as he tried to put his socks on and I watched him and as he put his little toes inside of those socks The sock would flop to one side and then to the other, and then he would try to pull it on, and we were getting ready for church, and his church socks are kind of tight as it is, and he was struggling to pull them on over his feet. And I noticed that, well, I had an easy time just pulling my socks on, and even my eight-year-old and my six-year-old didn't really struggle with that task. Here was my four-year-old sitting there just wishing that someone would help him with that that small task. It wasn't necessarily that he couldn't do the task, but I had encouraged him to do it quickly. And to get that sock on over his foot quickly was was simply a task that he was not equipped to do. He couldn't do it quickly. Um... To say hurry up to him in, in the middle of that kind of a, a situation was just stressing him out and causing him to become more frustrated and then to struggle even more with the task. I think all of us have something about our children that we would like them to change. Maybe it's just something like picking their clothes up off their floor or listening and paying attention a little bit more intently. Or maybe you would like them to complete their homework in a timely way or manage their emotions better or stop the tantrums when they're struggling in a play situation. Oftentimes, we try to build these elaborate systems and reinforcements to encourage or to motivate our children to change those behaviors. But maybe, just maybe, the issue really isn't motivation. Maybe the issue is ability, and oftentimes we need to consider if their lack of motivation is a byproduct of their lack of ability or the ability itself. The issue might not be that they don't want to, but rather that they don't know how. In my experience as a parent and coaching and counseling with parents, I've noticed that sometimes the very things that we feel like is our kids just being lazy or unmotivated to fulfill something we've asked them to do is really not an issue of laziness. And the child would like to be able to do that thing, but they feel either unconfident in what they're, they're asked to do or they really do lack the skills. Think for a minute about how you might feel if maybe your boss at work or a friend were to come to you and ask you to do something that you had never done before in your life, that you had no knowledge of, and no understanding how to perform that task. For instance, if you were asked to rebuild an engine in the next 30 minutes, unless you're a mechanic, and a super mechanic at that, it's probably going to be pretty frustrating to get that accomplished. It doesn't necessarily matter how much money they offer you in order to get that done in the next 30 minutes. You simply lack the skills. You don't know how to do it. And so it doesn't matter if they light a fire underneath you or threaten you with punishments. If you don't accomplish it, it's not that you're unmotivated. It's just simply that you don't understand how to do it. I think this is how our kids feel sometimes. A good indication that our kids are struggling with their ability and with learning the skills they need in order to perform a task is when they say that phrase, I can't. And so many of us hate that so much, and we we tell our kids, "You, you sure can, you can do it, and we respond with a quick, you can do it, which there's nothing wrong with encouraging our kids to learn and to grow. But when we cut them off and expect that they do a task without teaching or allowing for their developmental abilities to catch up with the tasks at hand, we actually just frustrate the process of learning and growing. The best way to help them realize that they can is not to simply cut them off and tell them that they can, but rather to empathize and to recognize where they lack, and to help them make up the difference. It can be helpful to understand the different kinds of skills that influence our ability to complete tasks. First of all, we need physical or biological skills. That's things like strength, endurance, speed, dexterity, and coordination. In the example with my son, Berkeley, He lacked the finger dexterity and the eye-hand coordination and strength to force a sock onto his foot quickly. The second kind of skill of influence is mental skills. These include things like learning skills, attention, listening skills, formal educational skills like reading, numbers, language, those sorts of things. And mental skills include both external learned skills as well as developmental cognitive capacity to understand and also to assimilate skills when they're taught to us. A great example of this is that when my first son, Kyler, started reading, we would try to teach him and read with him for a certain period of time each day. We found that he became disinterested and inattentive after a couple of pages Because reading was difficult for him, as well as it required a lot of concentration. At first, we thought that he was just trying to get out of reading. And so we did lots of things to try to motivate him back into the process of reading. But what we found was that it wasn't that he wasn't interested in reading because he loved to read. And when we would say, okay, let's stop for the day, he always wanted to continue. But his, his ability to maintain attention for long periods of time was not caught up to his uh, ability to actually read at the time. And so when we found that our approach was actually inhibiting his ability to read and to finish that task... We altered how we taught him to read or how we read with him a little bit. And we would alternate pages with him so that he would read one page and then me or my wife would read another page. And we found that he could read an entire book from front to back when we did it that way. And he was reading and concentrating much, much longer when the task was broken up and his ability for remaining attentive and concentrated was taken into account. The third type of skills is emotional skills. This includes things like self-soothing, emotional recognition, expression and coping skills. Emotional self-regulation is both developmental in our ability to manage and respond as well as learned. Each of my sons has at one point in their life overreacted, so to speak, to things like having their toes stepped on or having a toy taken away from them. But to them, it's not a matter of them wanting to hurt their brothers or to lash out, but rather that they're still growing in their capacity to put the brakes on their own impulsive reactions. Research has shown that our ability to self-regulate emotions and reactions grows with age and with experience. And so that doesn't mean that we don't teach our kids and when they do react and are emotionally explosive, that we reach out and we help them to calm themselves. But to recognize that that emotion, that emotional skill is still in the process of growing. Both physically or biologically, the actual brain structures that are required in order to do that are are not fully developed, as well as they haven't had the experience with it to actually learn the processes to go through the techniques, the skills, the tools That they need in order to learn those emotional skills. The fourth thing is outside influences, and that's things like siblings, the environment around them, feeling sick, tired, hungry, and any other environmental factors that are going on. For instance, if I ask my children to set the table and they don't have access, they don't have a way to reach the cups and plates and, and forks and knives and spoons, then that becomes an outside influence that plays a role in how they go about fulfilling that task. So when our children says something like, I can't, or they're emotionally struggling with something that we've asked them to do, it can be helpful for us to take a step back and ask ourselves the question, is this an issue of motivation or is this an issue of skills? And how can I teach those skills? And it's also important to recognize whether those skills are an issue of developmental ability or whether they haven't learned the skills necessary to accomplish that task. Trying to motivate our kids when they lack the ability or skill is like asking our kids to fly without allowing their wings to grow in and teaching them how to use those wings first. Falling time and time again can be both frustrating and painful. And the trick to encouraging positive growth and change in our kids is to first provide a nurturing environment for the wings to sprout and develop strength. Second, to take them along for the ride and assist their initial flights. And third, to teach and show them the ins and outs of flight. So I want to share with you three specific ways that we can do that for our kids and we can teach them to fly and they can learn to fly solo. So the first is to wait, love, and model. So provide the nurturing environment that they need for their wings to grow. Sometimes we just need to realize that our kids don't have the developmental capacity to master something. When we recognize this, we can back off and realize that the learning happens simply by watching and observing us model the skill. It's kind of like when our children start to learn how to walk. We wouldn't think about forcing our children into walking, but yet sometimes we think it's an issue of motivation when we ask our kids to clean up their room on their own. And just like our kids need the developmental capacity to walk, They also have to grow in certain skills to develop the capacity to clean their room on their own. The second thing we can do is to assist. Take them along for the ride, so to speak. Do it with them. Do it side by side. Help them step by step. Go with them to find their socks and shoes and share the responsibility of putting the socks on their feet. Don't take over, just give them enough assistance to help them to be successful with the task at hand. And the third thing that we can do is to teach, to show them how to fly and to let them fly. We've got to show them, we've got to tell them, we've got to practice with them and break down the tasks into smaller parts. Lead them through the mental, emotional, and physical skills they need to complete a task or responsibility. Teach during the good times, not just when problems arise, but use play to model, teach, and practice skills and encourage cooperation and change. Find ways every day to patiently empathize, assist, teach, practice, and challenge them to stretch themselves. Growth comes when we're taken to the edge of our ability, but not over the edge. Extend, enlarge, and edify. I think it's time to give our children the benefit of the doubt. It's time to recognize that they want to be successful. They want to be kind. They want to be capable and knowledgeable. They want to be happy. It's often not a question of motivation or drive, but a question of skills and abilities. Luckily, they have you for that. They have loving parents that can help them manage the difficult world and learn the skills and expertise physically, mentally, emotionally, that they need to meet the demands of the world around them and to thrive. And so remember that if we want them to grow up and to be successful and to fly solo, to be independent and to do the tasks that we know that they need to do in order to be productive, successful adults, we also have to teach them those skills. We have to allow them the time necessary in order to grow into those abilities. Thank you so much for listening to True Parenting Audio today, everybody. And take this information and go help your children to fly. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon.